Dear God, I'm sad. Okay, I know. I know. I know, I know. This is so late. I know, I know, I know. that You're like, Gabby, it's Monday. You usually have an episode out by midnight. Where's the episode, Gabby? What have you been up to, Gabby? Also, this is part of my own delusion that there's someone out there that listens to this and waits for it every Monday. <laughs> and that, dear God, I'm sad as much of their life as it is mine. So if you're that probably singular person, this is for you. I'm sorry. I just had maybe the longest week and weekend of my entire life. So here's how the process of putting out an episode usually works for me. The week before, like the Monday before the episode releases, I try to have the whole episode done, the intro done, the highlight video done, um, the graphic done, the description done, like everything is done by the Monday before. But I've been traveling (laughs) for the past three weekends And this past weekend, we celebrated my mom's birthday. I had a test. I'm also so behind in school. Like, I can't even, I can't even articulate to you right now how behind in school I am right now. Because in my head, school, like somehow I'm living in this dual reality where like school matters so much to me. And I care so much about what my teachers think of me, what my classmates think of me. And I care so much about how well I do, and I also could not care less. Like, I'm living in this delusional state where I'm like, it's okay that I don't turn that in. They won't give me a zero. They very well might give me a zero. They very well might give me a zero. But I'm sitting here with a discussion post that's three weeks late, and I'm like, whatever. I'm graduating. And I know that that might sound like to you, that I'm just living on that one side where I'm like, who cares? But let me tell you what I did on Wednesday night. I had a test in one of my classes on Thursday and my professor has said for the whole month and a half that school has started, he said that this first exam is literally just for your comprehension because it's been proven when people study for exams, they retain more information than if they don't. And he was like, this is for your comprehension, retention, whatever. But if you don't want it to be a part of your grade, it won't be. So that sounds like to you, yeah, don't study that hard. Do what you can, whatever, nothing to stress yourself out about. That's literally what my professor has said. Literally, he said, do not stress yourself out about this. This is just to make sure that you know the material does not go into your final grade. If you do not want it to go into your final grade. You know what Gabby did? Yep. Gabby got two hours of sleep. Wednesday night because Gabby was studying. You know what Gabby did all day Wednesday? Studied. All day. Literally didn't go to work, switched my work hours just so I could study for this test. So do you see what I mean? I'm living in this weird delusion of like, I'm going to try really, really hard and overachieve when it doesn't matter. And then when it does matter, I'm just not doing anything. Well, that's a lie. I'm actually doing Dear God, I'm Sad stuff, which matters a lot. So anyway, the past two weeks with school has been crazy, with life has been crazy, with work has been crazy, with social life has been crazy, not in the sense of like, 
I'm doing a ton of things, but in the sense of like, there's just so many different things that I've had to take care of in regards to my social life. that I feel like I haven't been able to breathe. Like my mom has been like, wait, where have you been? I'm like, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm blacking out every day from exhaustion, not from the other ways that you black out. Anyway, all this to say, the interview that I was going to put out for this Monday was an interview that I really, really enjoyed and I really, really loved and it deserves all of the care in the world. And if I decided to put that out today, it would be so thrown together. It would be, it wouldn't get enough promotion on Instagram. It wouldn't even get enough, like I wouldn't even post enough about it after the fact. And then next thing you know, it's just the next episode. And I want each of my guests to get the time that they deserve and the promotion that they deserve and the highlights that they deserve. And so today I have been wrestling all day because I, again, had papers to write. I just finished a paper, Um, had papers to write and a ton of other things to attend to. I was thinking about all day. I was like, do I put out this episode? Because I was going back and forth because I told you guys and promised you that I was going to come out with an episode every Monday. And I was like, I am not not doing that. I am coming out with an episode today. Even if I have to pull an all-nighter, I will come out with an episode today. So I was wrestling. I was like, do I put out the episode I was planning on, but then it wouldn't get that much promotion and then like blah, 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 blah. So here's the compromise I came to. And the perfectionist with me is crying and dying inside, but this is part of growth. So this past Sunday... (laughs) I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm like venting to you like a friend just rambling. Okay. So this past Sunday, I preached at one of my jobs and I actually recorded it because usually they videotape the sermon, but our regular AV guy wasn't there. So then they didn't, but my parents love to watch me preach. So I recorded it on my phone. Thank God I did that. Maybe that was me just knowing that I wouldn't have time to edit the episode. But anyway, so I recorded it and it's a sermon that I'm really proud of. I actually had written it originally for a retreat back in 2021 and I tweaked it, but it's something I'm really proud of. And if I could preach this message every time I preached, I probably would. I think it's important and I really love the topic and I'm proud of myself for writing it. So... Today's episode is going to be this voice memo of my sermon. Let me preface this with, I have not listened to it. I literally got four hours of sleep the night before I preached it. So I do not think it's my best work. And so listening back to it, I might get too embarrassed and just record this now instead. Oh, also forgot to say it's literally 1130 PM. So you're going to look at this and be like, Gabby, what the heck? It's Tuesday because by the time I'm done editing and then uploading takes forever. Usually it will be Tuesday. So you'll look at the date and be like, Gabby, it's Tuesday. And I'll be like, I know, but I recorded this on Monday. (laughs) So it doesn't count. I'm still keeping my promise to you. So anyway, I might come back and record it in like an hour after I actually listened to the whole of it for the first time. I really, really, I really, really hope that won't be the case. And I hope I just get over it or it's better than I think it is, or I don't know, there's some divine intervention and God's like, 
it's fine, put it out, which is, again, going against all of my perfectionism and overachievement. But you know what? That's life. Since we're not going to have our intro moment in the way that we usually have our one-on-one intro moment, because this has just turned into me explaining why I'm a bad host, my encouragement this week is that you grow in your work context, your work, um, oh my God, what's the right word? What am I thinking of? Your work, not ethic, but kind of like your work, like demeanor, your work procedure, your work, however you usually work. My encouragement to you this week is to make sure you're working healthily. Yeah, that maybe was just what I was trying to say. Like for me, my natural setting is perfectionism. My natural setting is all or nothing. Like this time last year, if I didn't have an episode already edited and ready for you by Monday, I would have been like, okay, then we're just not putting out an episode this week. We'll do it next week. That's my all or nothing mentality manifesting because I'm like, it's either perfect or it's nothing. And that has inhibited me so many times in my academic and professional life. And so that's a way that I've needed to grow. So I encourage you to do that as well this week. Whatever default setting you might have, whatever habit you picked up, whatever work ethic, work bad work-life balance, I don't know, laziness, slowness, fastness, hurriedness, I don't know. Whatever it may be, let's work on that together this week. Let's try to become more healthy and more efficient and more better. Okay, you can tell that it's literally 1130 because I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Okay, I love you. Thank you for being here. There are no trigger warnings or content warnings because this sermon isn't directly about mental health, but it definitely touches on a mental health aspect, as I'm sure you see in the title of this episode. So I love you. I'll see you at 2 a.m. when this most likely uploads, and I'll catch you next week. So today, we're going to talk about a little something called the Exodus. And so for those of you who don't know what the Exodus is, the Exodus is the story of how God's people, the Israelites, were enslaved for centuries by the Egyptians. And God sent a man named Moses to set them free. And so through countless miracles and words by God (laughs) sent through Moses, the Pharaoh was finally convinced to let them go and set them free to go start going towards something called the promised land. And the promised land is a place that God describes as being a good and spacious land. It's a land flowing of milk and honey. It's sort of a paradise. However, the path that they had to walk to get to the promised land is a treacherous one. It's a wilderness. It's a desert, desolate place. It's hot and dangerous. And scripture tells us that throughout their walk through the wilderness, the Israelites are complaining. They're letting Moses have it. They're like, why are we even here? We might as well just stay in Egypt if we're just going to die in the desert. Like, just take us back. We want to be enslaved. Just take us back because this sucks. And so they believe that being enslaved would be better because then they would be so hungry. Then they would have shelter and then they would have water. But they continued on. And as they continue to journey through this wilderness, Pharaoh back in Egypt changes his mind about setting them free. So he gathers 600 chariots and horses and horsemen and troops and uh, go chase down the Israelites. 
and the Israelites become pinned in between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And so for a little bit, the, Egyptian, the Israelites are like, well, I guess the gig is up. Like, we gotta, we gotta go back. We're stuck. But then God miraculously splits the Red Sea. And so the Israelites are able to walk on dry land through the Red Sea if they choose to do so. So in this moment, between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, the Israelites really have a decision to make. Are they going to go back to, with the Egyptians? Because remember, they were complaining this whole time that they just wanted to go back, and this is their chance to do so. So are they going to go back to a world they knew? A world full of pain, but also with stability and certainty and permanence? Because if they go back this time, they're, they're there for a while. Or do they cross the Red Sea? Do they go into a world they do not know, towards a promised land that they have not seen, to freedom but uncertainty? So their options have turned into, turned back into the stable and certain life, or to move forward into the unknown and promised. And I want us this morning to put our shoes in the Israelites in this moment. So close your eyes with me and think about what they heard, saw, and felt. Before you, you see the parted sea, a tunnel of sand and water. You can't see the other side at the end, and all you see is ocean sand and water walls before you. And behind you, you hear the incoming Egyptians. You hear the neighing and grunts of the horses. You hear the rattling of the wheels of the chariots. You hear the voices of men shouting, and you feel the rumble from the army under your feet. You feel pressure, panic overwhelmed. The emotions you feel in this moment is the type that are absolutely debilitating. Like, have you ever had a moment of feeling so overwhelmed that you feel like you're going to collapse? Like, when you're so stressed out that you don't even know where to begin? Like, when you're consumed by insurmountable emotions that you start to shake and your knees start to get weak and all you can muster to say is, I give up. I can't do this. So open your eyes. This is where the Israelites are at. So what makes you take a step forward and walk onto dry land into the sea? When the fear is crippling, when what behind you is appealing due to its certainty and stability, but is a certain hell, but what is before you scares you so bad that you would think about going back to that hell. When you are overwhelmed with emotion and pressure and stress and moving forward feels impossible, when at the sea, how could you possibly cross it? And at some point in our lives, we're all going to get to this point where we're between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, and we're going to have to choose between going back or moving forward. And for me, I, this happened for me, this is such an embarrassing story, but this happened for me when I was a senior in high school. Um, I hate talking about this, but I will with you guys. I grew up playing soccer, and I played since I was three. And people in my high school knew me as the freshman on varsity before they knew my name. So soccer was my whole personality. It was my whole life. And by my senior year, I had been recruited by a few D1 schools to play. But honestly, I was pretty sick of the sport. Not going to lie. It took up so much time. I was so tired of missing parties and birthday parties and special events and family functions. I was tired of being sore all the time. I was tired of eating the same pre- and post-game meals. I was tired of the regiment life it created. I wasn't sure if I was having fun anymore. I was asking myself, am I playing because I love the sport or because people expected me to play? So at this point, I had already been questioning if I was going to answer these coaches with 
with a yes. But I kept it to myself and just went through the motions of meetings and emails and games and college visits. Then an out-of-state September tournament my senior year, I went in for a tackle and it went wrong and I had to be carried off the field. And a few days later, I found out that I had torn my ACL and my meniscus and a couple of other ligaments in my knee. And for those of you who aren't really support connoisseurs, an ACL tear is career ending in and of itself. So let alone with all of this on top of it. So this meant that I wouldn't be able to play my last club season or high school season. And this meant I had to say goodbye to playing with my teammates who I'd been playing with since I was nine years old. It meant I had to grieve a dream I had since I was a little girl playing my last season and walking on senior night. This meant I had to tell coaches that I would never be able to play for them again and I had to tell coaches that I would never be able to play for them ever in the future. This meant that I'd most likely never be able to play soccer again. And I was heartbroken. There is nothing that has devastated me like this before, or to this day, to be honest. And there are times when I had to sit in my car before watching my, my teammates play for like 30 or 45 minutes because I was crying too much and I couldn't get out of the car. There was one night, this was really also embarrassing, where I threw my medals into my wall and broke my trophies in half because I just couldn't stand to look at them. But the thing that stands out the most is that there were nights when I stayed up for hours just letting God have it. I would scream at God. I would say, I literally hate you. Like, how could you do this to me? How could you leave me here? Like, just let me play. Like, just heal me. Please, God, just let me play again. And all this to say, because I wanted the old ways. I wanted the certainty and stability of soccer, of being the soccer girl, of being number 18 again, of being who I once was, regardless of how sick and tired of it I was. And so I got to a point where, like the Israelites between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, I was stuck between two realities. Because behind me was soccer. Because there was an option that I take a gap year, I defer my offers, and I spend the year training. But there was no promise that every offer would still be on the table. There was no promise that I would be the same athlete I once was. The only promise was that there was a reality that I would be playing soccer again. And that certainty and stability of being who I once was and living a life that I knew well was available to me. But then, before me, was another option, just being a college student. It's a world that was unknown to me because all my life I'd been a student athlete and never just a student. There's a promised land, college, which I had heard was really freaking awesome. And there is a freedom to it that now, without soccer, I would have so much more time. I could do so many other things with my life. So like the Israelites, I was stuck between the certain, stable, old ways or the unpredictable, uncertain new ways. So I ask again, when you're at the sea, how do you possibly cross it? And the answer is you let the reality of a promised good propel you forward. God had made the Israelites the promise of the promised land, a place full of milk and honey and freedom. And God had promised me a prosperous and hopeful future in Jeremiah. And so both the Israelites and I had already witnessed God as this promise keeper, that God makes good on God's promises. Because God had already come through for them a billion times by sending Moses, by getting them out of Egypt, and now literally a split sea in front of them. And then he had come through for me in my own life at that point as well, just through countless times of me seeing the goodness of God in my life and other people's. So having already witnessed God as the promise keeper, it really all came down to this question. How do we become brave enough to believe in something better? 
How do we become brave enough to believe in an unseen promise good? How do we become brave enough to take this promise good and to let it propel us forward? The answer is simple. We fight fear with fear. As Jesus followers, we experience two different types of fears that I call holy fear and an earthly fear. An earthly fear, which we'll see on the screen, is the type of fear that scares us. It terrorizes us, it terrifies us, it horrifies us. It's like the fear we have of a lion. And then the holy fear is the type of fear that we are called to have for God. In some interpretations of the Bible, it tells us to, that fearing God means to hold God in awe and in reverence. Hebrews has a good description of this when it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. And then Psalms tells us, Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and it came to be, he commanded and it stood firm. Fearing the Lord means to be in awe of God's holiness, to give God complete reverence, and to honor God as the God of great glory, majesty, and power. To fear God is to be in awe of God, just like the fear we have of thunder. And so we see these two different fears within the Israelites, right? So what does earthly fear do? It cripples, it debilitates, it blinds us. And we see this when they're complaining to Moses, wanting to go back to Egypt. They're crippled by the thought of the unknown. They're stuck in place and blind to the fact that what they would be going back to is hell. It's horrible. This fear blinded them to God's promise and kept them on the shore. And what does holy fear do? It ignites us. It fights for us. It propels us forward. We see this in the Israelites when they finally choose to step into the sea and onto dry land. Their awe of God, their holy fear, moved them forward towards the promised land. And so it's this holy fear that when we feel the rumbling of the chariots and the horses behind us and see the split sea before us reminds us of one, God's promise good, two, God's character, that our God is a God who shows up, walks with us, and then stays with us. And most of all, it's the holy fear that makes us brave. So are we brave enough to believe in something better, to believe in an unseen promised good? In my story, fighting my earthly fear with my holy fear ended up working out, and God came through, and I arrived at my promised good. I ended up choosing not to play and just going to college. And so I ended up TCU, where I met a girl who told me about this church that needed an intern. And then I applied for that job, got the internship, and then through that job was when I answered my call to ministry and when I decided to go to seminary. And then I got into one of the best seminaries in the nation. And now in May, I'm graduating. And I have never felt more sure that this is the right call in my life. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. There's nothing else for me. And so I would never have gotten here if I had decided to go back to soccer. And for the Israelites, they took that step in the sea rather than walking back into Pharaoh's chains. And we know that at the end of the story, they make it to the promised land. And so the Israelites and I fought fear with fear. We became brave enough to believe in this promised good that God has for all of us. And we use that to propel us forward through this brave hope. 
And so you might be between your own Egyptian army and Red Sea right now. And you might be trying to make a hard decision and you feel like you're staying still. Be it that maybe you're in the midst of wanting to change your major or trying to decide which job to get or which school to go to after this or you're moving somewhere new or you're trying to decide if you should end a relationship or start a new one or maybe you want to start this creative project that you've always wanted to do but your fear has crippled you into staying still. If this is you, here's what you need to know. One, there's a promised good here. Throughout scripture, God promises us over and over and over again of a future that is full of goodness and hope and prosperity. And God also promises that God will be with us through that. And the other thing you have to know is that God calls God's people forward. The Bible is nothing but a compilation of love notes from God to us, illustrating the forward movement of God's people throughout history. Moving forward is holy work. Moving forward is kingdom work. Don't let your earthly fear keep you from living into the big and beautiful life that God has before you. Harness your holy fear. Be brave enough to walk into a promised good. So I'll leave you with this today. This will be on the slides, but when at the sea, how could we possibly cross it? Because of a promise good from a good father. What makes us take a step into the sea onto dry land with a promise good in hand? Fighting fear with fear. And are you brave enough to believe in something better? That's something you have to decide, but I do know that this is God's will for you. Let's pray. so so much for listening to this episode of the dear god i'm sad podcast please stick around just for a few reminders first one being remember to follow the dear god i'm sad instagram at dear god underscore i'm sad and follow the tiktok which is underscore gabs wilkes underscore don't forget to send in your stories or any questions you may have to the link in the Instagram's bio. And Dear God, I'm Sad now has merch. And I think you would look really good in literally every single piece. So go check that out either by looking at the show notes for this episode. There's a link directly to the merch store. Or go to the Dear God, I'm Sad Instagram and click the link in the bio and you'll see the merch tab. And if you have anything you want to talk about or anything you want to share with me or anything you want to say, if you want to be a guest on the podcast or want someone else to be a guest on the podcast or if you just want to hang out with me it doesn't really matter i would literally love to hear from you so send me an email at dear god i'm sad at gmail.com and i'm just going to leave you with your weekly reminder that you can be both sad and loved god loves you so take your meds and i will see you next monday